This is an ABC podcast. G'day friends, it's Ruby here and this is News Time. Hello Ruby. Today we are going to visit a bee's paradise, hiding in a place you might not expect. We're going to celebrate Harmony Day and take a plane ride over the Nullarbor with our friend Hayden. We'll hear about how to collect souvenirs the right way. And after that, it's the time of the week we've all been waiting for. Wow of the week. That's right. Let's get the snow in the road. Story number five. There's no mistaking that noise. Bees. They're my, one of my favourite animals because they produce honey, which I eat on my breakfast. If you hang around the city a lot, you might not spot bees very often. Recently, two guys from Wollongong in New South Wales named Jacob Williams and Connor Teven decided the top level of a multi-storey car park in the city's CBD would be a great way to showcase how we can encourage nature to thrive in the city. Because it's higher and it's less danger there. Jacob and Connor chose this posse because they wanted to attract native bees to the city. And they're very tiny compared to the England bees. Some native bees do produce honey, but the flavour is a bit different. Having native hives in a city means native bees can forage in garden beds and buzz around the city streets searching for food. They fly to the flower and they would usually go to the flower with the most pollen and then they fly to it, then they get it all over the fur and then they fly all the way back to the colony. Then they go into the hive and process it, the queen processes it, into honey for the babies to eat. Jacob and Connor spoke to the owner of the car park and some local businesses about their plan and everyone thought it was a great idea. They fenced off a section of car spaces on the roof and built three big garden beds full of fresh soil. They planted some native greenery and put in two native beehives. Maybe they should plant roses and daisies because they usually come with a lot of pollen. Give a bit of life in the city. Story number four. Australia is a multicultural country. Our culture is something that represents your own country. Like we have koalas and kangaroos and emus. I think it's where lots of people from different places come together. That's right. Multiculturalism is when people from different backgrounds and cultures live side by side. In Australia, we've got a special day to celebrate multiculturalism that makes all Australians feel included and respected. It's called Harmony Day. It's like a big thanks to them, like we're saying thank you for supporting our country. Yep, the oldest cultures in Australia belong to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. They've lived here for more than 60,000 years. Today, people in Australia come from more than 300 different cultures around the world. Nearly half of the people who call Australia home were born in another country or have at least one parent who was. My granddad, 
He was born in England and my mother in Papua New Guinea. When we surround ourselves with people from lots of different cultures, our society becomes a more inclusive and exciting place to live. And there are lots of different cultural celebrations. Lunar New Year, Ramadan and Diwali, just to name a few. We have Easter, we have St Patrick's Day. We celebrate Anzacs and we also celebrate Christmas. Over the past 80 years, more than 7.5 million people have migrated to Australia. Wow, that's a lot of people. Even though we come from different places and have different traditions and speak different languages, we can all call ourselves Australian. Story number three. Have you ever been on a holiday and brought home a souvenir? Souvenirs are things like badges or little toys. That's delicate, you can't touch. Yes, they can be precious. And often, when people visit places in Australia, they get a souvenir created by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander artists. And did you do on a boomerang? Tapsticks? Artworks created by First Australians are often precious and beautiful. They've been making them for tens of thousands of years. And each individual work can take quite a while. They actually collect different types of glass and and leaves and make baskets. Because they take time and care to put together, these souvenirs can cost quite a bit of money. But some of the souvenirs being sold in Australia as Indigenous art are actually being made in factories in other countries. And people have been doing this without getting permission. Some tourists buy these fake souvenirs because they don't realise that they weren't made in Australia or just because they're cheaper. That's not fair to the Aboriginals because they never used fake things, they used real life things. That's right. Indigenous artists want tourists to buy the real deal souvenirs and the Australian government has agreed to help. That's awesome. If it happens, it will mean that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people will have more control over how their art is shared. Indigenous leaders say that one way to tell whether you're buying a genuine Australian souvenir is to look for the name of the artists. Lots of the real art will have it there. Story number two. Catching a plane can be lots of fun. Western Australian teenager Hayden McDonald gets to experience that all the time. Because he really likes flying a plane, maybe it makes him happy. It sure does. Hayden is autistic and sometimes he feels like he doesn't fit in as easily as other people. Tens of thousands of people in Australia are autistic and it affects them in lots of different ways. For some people, it means they communicate differently and might have trouble understanding what other people think and feel. When Hayden was a little boy, his grandfather would take him flying across the Nullarbor and the Flinders Ranges, and Hayden loved it. When he turned 17, he got his pilot certificate. That means he can fly a one- or two-seater plane all by himself. But Hayden wanted more than that. 
he wants to fly other people around as a job. So he's applied to become a professional pilot. Because everyone should get a chance in life to do what they want. Unfortunately, the organisation who makes the rules for pilots, the Civil Aviation and Safety Authority, told Hayden he couldn't become a professional pilot because of medical reasons. Hayden thinks it's because he's autistic and sitting exams the way other people do is difficult for him. Not fair, because it's not like he wanted to get it, like he didn't have a choice. Yep, Hayden thinks he's a very safe pilot and should be able to become a professional. Hayden wants people to judge him not on a label he's been given, but his ability to do something. For him, that's flying. That's really nice. I like that they're making you do stuff that you really, really like to do and you know how to do it. You're very well at it. Well done. And now it's time for the story you've been waiting for. Wow Wow of the week. This story made me go wow because I would never think in a gazillion years that someone would play music in a lighthouse. For hundreds of years, lighthouses have been helping sailors travel safely through the seas. In Geraldton in Western Australia, there's a red and white striped lighthouse called Point Moore, and it's been standing tall for nearly 145 years. Recently, it was opened to the public, and people who visited could climb the long spiralling staircase leading up to the top. I knew they had lots and lots of stairs. I thought they had lots and lots of falls, but I guess they just have lots and lots of stairs. Some people decided to sing inside the lighthouse, and they found out it made a unique sound. Because it's like a giant steel can, the sound gets trapped in small places and has nowhere to go. It's where the sound hits a wall and has to bounce off it and keeps on bouncing off things. Some people say it feels like the sound is swirling all around you and even passing through you. Because it doesn't have anywhere to go to, it just bounces. Rosie Satoris was one of those people who heard the amazing sound that comes from inside the lighthouse and she put a call out to the Geraldton community to see if anyone wanted to play their musical instruments there. They found out that one single musical note could last for eight seconds, bouncing around the lighthouse walls. Whoa, that's a long time. Now, locals are thinking about recording some echoey lighthouse music so that more people can enjoy the eerie sound. And that is it for this week, my friends. Thank you, Ruby. Don't forget to do the quiz. You'll find it in the show notes. And I will catch you next time with five brand new stories. Bye, Ruby. See you later. Or, as they say in Greek, yasas. Newstime is an ABC Kids Listen podcast. For other awesome podcasts to play, music to move to, and stories and soundtracks for sleep, download the ABC Kids Listen app. It's free from your app store.